Hello, welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Today, Apostle continues in the midweek series called How to Study the Word. In this sermon, the man of God continues to teach us on the importance of studying the Word, and he further gives us insightful knowledge on how to effectively study the Word of God. So grab your Bibles, your pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. I'm so glad to see you all. I'm so glad to see you all online. And I'm glad you're watching. I want you to ensure that you share this with as many people as possible. Because this message is breathed from God for you. Now, for those who are just joining us, we've been doing a Bible study the last two weeks, the last two Wednesdays, and we've been discussing how to study the Bible. One of the things that we established from the onset is that the scriptures will only take effect if you value them. If you don't value something, then either you won't use it well or you abuse it. So that's something that I would want us to take note of. And you know, we began to give several reasons why it's important to study the Word. We gave reasons such as how the Word of God keeps you from sin. We, we showed how you, the Word of God introduces you to your inheritance. It builds you up and introduces you to your inheritance among the things. We looked at several other reasons and today, I want to finalize on that and then go into the next part. Last week, I gave you several others. I, told, I showed you how the scriptures keep you from deception. And it's a secret to uh, living on course. But today, I want to show you two. Number one, or should I say in the context of the entire lesson, number nine. The word of God makes you prosperous. The word of God makes you prosperous. Now, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. I want us to see something here. The Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have a good success. I want, I want you to observe something interesting about this. What this is saying is this. God calls Joshua. I think God doesn't say, because the book of the law is there, you'll be prosperous. He doesn't say, because the book of the law exists somewhere, you're going to be prosperous. No. He tells him, saying, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So there should be an interaction with this book. And that interaction should never end. It should be constant. And he tells him, if you 
speak it, if you meditate on it, the direct result is that you'll be careful to do what's in it. Then you'll make your word prosperous. It doesn't just say because the book of the law is there, you'll be prosperous. And that's where now it's important to learn faith and learn the action side of faith because there are so many precious promises that God has given you. But they'll be dormant if you don't learn to activate them. So the word of God makes you prosperous. Number 10, and this is, I think for me, it's one of those that really touches me every time I think about it. The word of God cleanses you. The word of God cleanses you. The word of God cleanses you. Allow me to explain. Ephesians chapter number 5, verse 26 27. Maybe for context, we'll start from verse 24. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. 37. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that he sh- that she should be holy and without blemish. What's the secret to that? The word. The word cleanses. The word sanctifies. You may be listening to me. Maybe watching me right now. And you've been exposed to perverted materials. Maybe you've been exposed to things you shouldn't have seen. You've heard things you've seen as you shouldn't have heard. You've grown up in an environment that has perverted your way of life. It's messed up the way you see things. Maybe it's messed up the way you see women, messed up the way you see men, messed up the way you see pastors, messed up the way you see like the word of God can cleanse you. The word of God can cleanse your conscience. Listen to me, the word of God makes you innocent again. The word of God makes you innocent again. The darkness has no power over life. The Bible says, if you read it, John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. Through him were all things made, and there was nothing that was made without him. Now, when you go on, it says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. And it says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The word of God is light. The word of God is light. The only cure for darkness is light. Listen, without the lighting that I'm in right now, there would be complete darkness. But there's something that light does. It eliminates darkness. So you may be seated there thinking, oh my goodness, I'll forever suffer the effects because uh, I used to think like this and I used to watch certain things and all that. No, 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 no. The word of God makes you innocent again. Haven't you seen that it says, be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Have you ever seen 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18? 
Maybe it's not from 17. And I'll show it to you from the Amplified. But 17, it says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God wants you to live a life of perfect liberty. Now, let me explain this. Let me explain this. Let's say there's a person and this person was treated badly by a gentleman, for example. And because of that, they've made a decision that they will never trust the gentleman again. So they'll stay away. That person is not functioning in freedom because the decision is not being sponsored by freedom. The decision is being sponsored by bondage, bondage to that. And because it's birthed from bitterness, the Bible says, be careful about the root of bitterness by which many become defiled. And by the way, if the scriptures tell you to be careful, be careful. One that it says, let each one take heed. He who thinks is standing, let him take heed lest he fall. Because that scripture was a warning to believers. So, if you are in a position where there are certain limitations in your life, there are certain things you can't do, certain decisions you've made, but the backing behind them is not freedom, but bondage, you have to rethink it. It's different when a person chooses from freedom. And what I'm trying to say is, the Spirit of God has got a desire for you to function in perfect liberty. If a person you know, sometimes they say, hey, all the good guys, you Christians are not free. I've had, I've had time to cancel a lot of things. Here's a person, when they get their salary, they don't know why, but somehow they just want to drink it out. Are they really free if they can't say no? How come when alcohol demands and says, today, they can't say no? Are they really free if they can't keep their wedding vows? Is it really freedom then? No, it's bondage. Freedom gives you the right to say no. Self-control is the ability to say yes and no. If you can't say yes and no, then it's not freedom. Praise God. Now look at verse 18. It says, And all of us, as we unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, if you wanted to really understand the context of this scripture, then you will have to understand what happened in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, Moses encountered the glory of God and he came back with the law. And when he came back, his face was shining with glory. And the people couldn't look at him. So what happened is that they put a veil on his face so that they couldn't see the glory. And the Bible tells us that till this time, when Moses in red is red, there are people who still have that veil on their face. Because the letter that the Spirit brings in. So if you read it, it's a comparison. And then it says, now, with Jesus, him when he died, the veil was torn. And so what he's trying to say is this. For us, we now have an unveiled face. And in the word of God, we can behold the glory of God. And then what happens is this. Look, when Moses encountered God's glory, he came back looking exactly like God's glory. <laughs> he came back looking exactly like God's glory. 
when you encounter this, it makes you what it talks about. You become it. That's why Paul can write to people and say, you're living epistles. He's trying to say the words that I've spoken to you, they've become you. Praise God. Now think about this. Jesus one day says, I am the light of the world. Right? And we even sing, light of the world, you step down into darkness. And then in another portion, he comes and says, you are the light of the world. He didn't say you are small lights. He didn't say this little light of yours. No. He comes and says, you are literally the light of the world. He didn't say you are a light of the world. He comes and says, you are the light of the world. Why? Because as we continue to behold, as we continue to behold, don't forget as he is, so are we. Don't forget that we are that body whose head is in heaven and the rest of the body is here on the earth. There is no way that, if I mean, if, if you go over the internet and every other place, uh, you'll find a lot of jokes about people if their face and the rest of their body doesn't match. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Why? Because people find it abnormal if the face is a certain way but the body doesn't match. So, if Jesus is light, we are, we are, in this, we are, we are, why should there be a difference? So the word of God restores your innocence. It washes you. Let me show you something. John chapter 15. There is a cleansing that only comes by the word. Haven't you seen in the scriptures where it says, by knowledge shall the just be delivered. By knowledge shall the just be delivered. That's why deliverance is not complete until knowledge has come. It's not complete. Give me John chapter 15. Let's read from verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he proves that it may bear even more fruit. Uh -huh. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now, Jesus had different ways of ministering, okay? You know, sometimes if you're not careful, you can read one verse and just go and start a doctrine and say, uh, you can go and start a doctrine and say, there's no need for anything else. Or once you've heard, everything is okay. But listen, um, even as I focus on this, that's for the sake of that zealous mentee, Jesus had various ways of ministering. Jesus cleared sicknesses. You've seen in the scriptures where it says as he was teaching, the power was present to him. You've seen that, right? You've seen in the scriptures where it says they brought to him many who had epilepsy, people who had devils and all that, and he casted out those demons. So Jesus literally would cast out devils. Now, this, Jesus will do all those things. Then turns to the disciples and tells them, you already clean. And then he attributes them to the reason for their cleanliness. And he says, because of the word which I've spoken to you. Why? Because the word of God comes with power. The word of God comes with power. I'm telling you, the word of God comes with power. That's why even when casting out devils, you wouldn't be silent. You'll cast out devils with his words. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. As I've been speaking, when I was talking earlier about how the word of God cleanses you. There are people who are addictions have left just like that. That foul spirit has left just like that. Because the word of God comes with power. So that 
it's if you are around it, it cleanses you. It's beautiful. He says you're already clean because of the words which I've spoken to you. I can give a personal testimony. When I got saved and began interacting more with the word. You know, sometimes you look back and think, that's the way I used to think. That's the way I used to talk. That's the way I used to act. And you realize, how many of you have realized that there are just certain things you find you've just shaded off? You, you, they, just, they just get shaded off. Why? Because when you are around it, there's something that it does to you, praise the Lord. Now, with all that knowledge, the question then becomes, Apostle Fred, this, 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 I want. How then can I begin to study life? Today I'm going to give you two tips study number one acknowledge the sanctity of both the old and new testament portion acknowledge the sanctity of both the old and new testament portion of the scriptures there has been a huge there's been a huge fight against the old testament There are people who are very arrogant in the way they speak about something so holy. If you've read even the writings of Paul, he did not say the law was good. The problem was not the law, the problem was the people. And it says sin and Satan. You have to acknowledge the sanctity. I want you to understand that when Jesus was preaching, all he. He didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I want you to understand that when the first apostles were preaching, the first sermon came from Joel. The first sermon in Acts, it came from Joel. When Peter was, when Peter had to start to defend the gospel, he revealed it through the scriptures. He revealed, hey, that Abraham, hey, he, he goes line by line. The people that we read about had a great understanding the Old Testament scriptures. Later on, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you'll get to understand. But, why is it that they were able to see the gospel even in the Old Testament? It's because they were no longer there. Never we spoke about it. So the reason why for many people, the Old Testament ended up not, it, it, it didn't benefit them. It's because they were there. They were reading there. So it says even now when Moses is read. Praise God. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. The Bible says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. One thing I must mention is that on the other hand, I've also encountered people who don't like the New Testament. They don't like it, and it's because they don't understand it. Later on, when you go and I'll get to explain. But you get to understand that you have to develop the skill of rightly dividing the word of truth. You have to develop that skill. Because as you go further, you understand that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. You observe that. There is an element of depth 
that you never get if you've not studied certain things from the old. You cannot fully understand. Let me give you an example of a scripture you can't understand. In totality. Hebrews. Chapter 4. Let's read from verse 13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Uh-huh. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was at all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Uh-huh. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You can never appreciate the depths of this scripture if you've not read in Leviticus about the priesthood. If in Leviticus you've not read that there was a high priest and that high priest was appointed and he was the only one who could go on behalf of the people into the Holy of Holies to atone for their sin. And even he never approached the Holy of Holies boldly because there was an opportunity for him to be dealt with when he was there. That's why a bear would be tied, tied around his leg. But then now, if you don't appreciate that, you will not appreciate that now we've got a high priest who firstly he's experienced what we've experienced and he's also our chief intercessor. And then that high priest who is Jesus has now gone for us and now he, he's decided not to go alone. The veil was torn. Let's not forget the veil was torn if you read the book of Matthew after Jesus died. So now we also can approach the throne of God boldly, not expecting that we'll be stricken down. Praise God. Another one you can never understand. Take me Hebrews 12. By the way, if you want to understand the book of Hebrews, you're going to have to read Leviticus. You can't fully understand the book of Hebrews without reading the book of Leviticus. Let's be honest. Hebrews chapter number 12. Ah, praise God. I want us to see. So it starts. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let's move on to verse 12. Let's go on. You have been told a few things, eh? Make straight paths for your feet that, so that that which is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Uh-huh. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Ah. Uh-huh. Speaking to Christians, by the way, looking careful, least anyone should show forth, should fall short of the grace of God, least any word of bitterness springing up may cause trouble, and by this many become devout. Uh-huh. It's, it's building. Uh-huh. Give me another verse. Next verse. For you know that afterwards, now it's talking about Esau, right? When he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with his hands. So already now you're not gonna understand this if you never read what happened with this. Let's go. For you have not come to a mountain to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire, and to blackness and darkness and tempest, to one who has not studied what happened in the Torah, one who has not studied what happened in Exodus. 
this. This is quick. You have not come to a mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempted. It's, 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 it's quick. You understand why? Let's keep going. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Let's go on. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. If you've read the Old Testament, the moment you see this, you immediately discover that, oh, this is talking about the time when God told Moses to tell the people to sanctify themselves for three days, then I'm going to visit. And he came down on the mountain of the Lord. No animal was allowed to touch the mountain. And when he spoke, the people begged and said, please speak to Moses. We don't want to hear your voice. The experience was terrible for them. Imagine someone come to sit on a bad day. What happened? I heard God. They didn't have the Spirit of God in them. The Spirit of God is all who, who reveals Jesus to us. So we're being told that's not the mountain you've come to. Those days, if you heard God was on that mountain, no wonder they feared. No wonder only Moses and Joshua went. Those days, if you heard God is on that mountain, that's the mountain you avoid. Haven't you read in the scriptures? Haven't you seen how when someone would have an encounter? Do you remember when uh, it should have been Kidron when he had an encounter? It was a thing. Haven't you read in the scriptures where if someone has an encounter, they're like, oh my goodness, I'm going. If I see the face of God, I die. So we're here when we're being told you've not come to that mountain, you'll never understand the depths of it if you didn't know that once upon a time the mountain of the Lord was to be feared. Let's go on. Verse 21. And so terrifying was the sight that even Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. Now, listen, hold on there. If you've only studied the Old Testament, your life will end there. Because you'd have read that. But if you've come to the new, then you'll go to verse 22, which says, But you have come to Mount Zion <laughs> and to the city of the living God, the heavenly the Jer- Jerusalem, to an innumerable number of angels. Come on, Satan. Uh huh. Let's go on. <laughs> to the general assembly and church of the first. Born, who are registered in heaven to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just made the perfect. Keep going. To Jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Again, you will not understand this. If you did understand that the blood of Abel cried vengeance. The blood of Abel cried vengeance. The day you read this, the day you read this, you I'm telling you, the day you read this, you refuse that anyone in your family can make a sacrifice and that sacrifice can be speaking of what? You've come to blood that speaks better things. You've come to blood that speaks better things. It, you've come to blood that I remember one time <laughs> I, I, I had a dream and we're about to have a meeting and I could see the cup of the evil one. And you know, they were trying to mix whatever concussions and, and they were using this black chicken and all that stuff. I remember in the dream, I was like, a black chicken, you think Holy Ghost fire can be undermined by a goat? Or if somebody got a goat today, tied its legs and says, oh, uh, that guy's thinking of me saying, 
because they've tied the goat's legs by death. A goat. Do you know what I've come to? I've come to the blood that speaks better things than that of Abel. We've not come to. If, listen, bulls and goats, we once used them to appease God and they never satisfied. And then the blood of Jesus was shed. Once that blood was shed, never again will bull or goat have any influence on my life. Never. It, it's not possible. And you know something? If you don't learn to meditate on this, you don't build the shield of faith. You have to build that shield of faith. Let's go. Oh, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. And, and, and you know, they, and, and continues referring again to the old. So do you see why I'm saying you have to acknowledge the sanctity of both the old and the new testament? You have to acknowledge the sanctity. They are great regions. I, I want you to understand. Uh, let, let me show you a verse. Second Peter, chapter number one. Let's read verse 18. Our main text 21. I want to start earlier. He says, And we heard this voice. Finish up with verse 16. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm all pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. What is he referring to? The Mount of Transfiguration. Uh And so we have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Uh, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. It's first. For prophecy never came by the will of man. Which prophecy is this talking about the scriptures? But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Holy men of God spoke as were moved by the Holy Spirit. It's God. It's verse. And then he begins to tell them that along with them we are also false prophets. Praise the Lord. Is somebody catching this? Is somebody getting this? Ah, praise God. Now, we're going to end here for the day. I was going to take you to next month. Second reason. And I thought it best for today we end here. I want you to have this understanding that with us who read the old without a veiled face, all you see is the gospel. 
Read Joseph, you see the gospel. They're like, oh my goodness, Joseph. Rejected by his brothers. He came to his own and his own received him. Yet he brought them food. That's food to work. And his own received him. And they sold him into the hand. First they put him in the pit. They put him in the pit. But when they sold him into the hands of others, that what they did to Jesus. Bulls. Some they're called bulls, right? Next thing he finds himself in the prison. In that then from there, Gets out and then he sits at the right hand of fear, and Jesus is seated at the right hand. You see, when you're, when you're not veiled, you begin to see Christ in everything, you begin to see it when you read on Ruth, you read on Naomi, you begin to see that now Ruth shows you the gentleman. Ruth shows you the gentleman. Boaz. Take a gentleman. Shows you the gentleman. Ruth tells Naomi, your God will be my God. Isn't that what we've done? This faith is real faith. We've taken up. Taken up. We begin to understand why God wasn't offended when Moses took an Ethiopian man. We begin to understand the symbolic Christ to take up the gentleman. And eventually with Ruth and Naomi they became one. And we, even with our Jewish ancestors, the faith has broken that thing. Very soon you're gonna see it. Because we've all been made one. You read it unveil. You read it when you look at Adam. How Adam when he needed a bride, his eyes he had to be put in a deep sleep. Jesus had to be in a deep sleep. How he was cut on the side. Jesus was pierced. And then a bride was formed and he recognized and said, This is flesh of my flesh. Jesus is presented to him a bride. He's gonna say, This is flesh of my flesh. You read it and then you read it and then. Sometimes you see what some of the people then had to go through. It just fills you with gratitude. And you say, Jesus, this is what you saved me from. The curse that would have come upon me because I was not fit for the Lord. This is what you saved me from. It gives you appreciation. It gives you adoration. How they couldn't mention the name of God. It gives you adoration. How they had over 600, about 600 laws and regulations to follow which unless they met them to the dot, they couldn't become righteous and their righteousness was like filthy rags. And you realize that for you, all you've had to do is follow Jesus. It leaves you with a sense of adoration. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I want you just to take a moment and pray. Say, Father, thank you that I have the written word. I acknowledge the sanctity of the old, the sanctity of the new. I acknowledge them as your words, therefore reveal them to me. Remember, there's grace that comes through acknowledgement. Father, thank you that... Lord, is it that... My goodness. I'm just thinking to myself, what access we have? What access we have 
the lengths people went through for this thing to come to us what access we have we have it on our phones we have it on our computers we have it on the internet oh what access we have surely you, you, you surely when Daniel said in the last days knowledge will increase even the knowledge of God is increasing in our oh what access we have thank you thank you for your word Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. The word. Oh my goodness. I sense the presence of God. Thank you for your word. The tabernacle. I see your word in it. I see your word. With the basin. Surely that was the water of the word. The, the bread, surely that was the word. I see your word in the manna. I see your word in the quail. For we must come to a place where we should eat strong meat. I see your word. 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 I see you. I see you. See, 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 and your word is glorious. Your word is glorious to me. Your word is so glorious, Lord. Your word is glorious. Your word is so glorious. Your word is so glorious. Your word is so glorious. And your word is beautiful. I see your word everywhere. In everything that was created. For all things were created by your word. I see your word. I see your word. I see your power in the moonlit night where planets are in motion and galaxies are bright. We are amazed in the light of the stars. They're all proclaiming who you are beautiful. I see you there hanging on a tree. You bled and then you died and then you rose again for me. Now you are seated on your heavenly throne. And soon you will be coming home. You're beautiful, Lord. Oh, and Lord. One more time, let's go. And Lord. 
Praise the Lord. What a session. Aren't you looking forward to next week when we continue how to study the word? Can you tell, I, I don't know, can you tell that God is honoring this message with his glorious presence? You can tell. Your life will never be the same again. I'm going to do the blessing. The details will keep scrolling. Uh, I'm going to just do the blessing. In the name of Jesus, you're blessed. The word of God is growing in you. You have perfect understanding of the scriptures. Your eyes, the eyes of your heart are open. Your heart is flooded with light in Jesus' name. Now with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us for the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God bless you all and ensure that we the details will still scroll for a few minutes so we can send our offerings. God bless you all. Oh wow. What a service. I've been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on plus 2609537560 or plus 2609774746. If you are unable to call us, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on the Facebook page at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.